We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports and health and wellness. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal or medical advice. It's all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Hector Melendez, known as Esports Hector. Hector is a strength and conditioning coach at Road to Strength, as well as a performance coach with Esports Team Vanish. He's a certified strength and conditioning specialist that works with individuals, including professional gamers, great customized workout and nutritional plans. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Justin. Happy Monday. Yes, it's always a good day when we're back on Monday and getting it going. Yes. So to start, tell us a little bit past you. Esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and how did you get involved in the esports and video game business? Yeah, so the first game I played, um, I was actually gifted at the age of four. So for my fourth Christmas, I was given or gifted uh, the Sega Genesis. So I played Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and honestly, it was one of the funniest things where my parents didn't have to worry about me doing something wrong because they knew that I was in my room or in the living room playing video games. Like I could set up the, the Sega Genesis for in any room and know what I was doing. It was, it was one of those. Uh, so I've been, I would say a, a lifelong gamer. Um, and how I got involved uh, with esports or the gaming business um, is essentially, again, with my experience in fitness, I figured out, especially during just before COVID, I wanted to kind of merge the two together. I know it was kind of at that point, you know, three, four years ago, it was, I mean, it was there already, but I wanted to try to put my name in in the, you know, in the pool, essentially, uh, and and try to provide a service to help gamers, you know, bridge that gap between fitness and gaming. So that way they have a much more, you know, they have a longer career, a more fruitful career, but can also gain all the benefits uh, that comes with better health practices. Interesting. So, you know, tell us a little about, you know, some of the work you're doing at Road to Strength. You know, what is it and how'd you kind of start that? Yeah. So, um, so I got my bachelor's. So I, I have a bachelor's uh, in exercise science from LaSalle University. Um, and so I actually work as an adjunct there now, helping essentially the future of the industry try to uh, navigate their way. So I've been coaching clients for about 13 years and I've seen kids, I've seen clients as young as six years old uh, to a more geriatric population where they have uh, replacement, uh, joint replacement surgeries done. 
I've also seen pro athletes worked with athletes that have gone into pretty much every league, maybe except uh, the MLB. Um, so I've got to experience all of that, which has been awesome and kind of understanding how to, you know, act in front of professionals, you know, while it's, you know, kind of that cool feeling of, oh, wow, I met this person at the end of the day, they're still a person. So you have to treat them as such. Um, but most people in, in fitness, they always have the idea of wanting to run their own business. That was something I've always wanted to do, even before I probably got my degree, uh, was down the road, start my own business. So back in 2018, um, I started Road to Strength. So I started it almost completely as an online platform, um, but realized very quickly that everybody also has an online platform. Uh, so that was going to be pretty difficult. So I started to do um, more in-person. So I would travel to a lot of clients uh, around. I live just outside of Boston now. Uh, so I would go into the city um, and train clients and then go to my full-time job working in corporate uh, fitness, health and wellness. Um, and then about 2019, July of 2019, that's when I decided full-time I would just go off on my own. Uh, so I was crushing it and then COVID happened. Um, so, you know, like everything else, everybody's business kind of got, kind of got affected dramatically. And that's when I figured that I would start to really, if there was an opportunity for me to get into esports, now would be the time. Um, so that's essentially what got me to really get into, uh, working within the esports or gaming space. Interesting. So it's one of those things where you had to, you know, take that leap of faith on yourself and being a life long gamer you notice that this other area was building you know i'm sure you knew how big you know call of duty and halo and some of these competitive games were and you know being that everything was kind of shifting you noticed an area of exploitation so how does it kind of work with a client you know kind yeah. of how do you decide what you're looking for are there specific games or you know console versus pc player like how does it work so uh from console to PC, I'm not really picky. Uh, the reason being, I just want to help gamers, you know, kind of unlock that um, extra, let's say, 1%. So, you know, within traditional sports, like Usain, like someone like, let's say, Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps, you're not changing so much of what they do. It's really changing, the, changing that dial over to the right just the slightest bit to get that extra juice out of them. So that way they can perform at their best. So with pro gamers, it's no different. You're not getting these huge jumps that you would with like a casual gamer, let's say. Um, so I'm not too picky between mouse, keyboard, you know, controller, PC to uh, console. It's really just enabling the gamer to uh, unlock their full potential. So what does that mean? Like, you know, what services you provide for, you know, pro gamers? How do you kind of help them? Yeah, so the, the way I go about it is I, I set up a time just to chat with them. So if they're playing on a team, I'll typically chat with the coach first just to kind of get an idea of their players, uh, what I can expect during the conversation, and the other way around. What can I expect out of the conversation from the players about the coach or their teammates? Now, this isn't for me to create a bias towards one player or a coach over the other. Uh, it's just to kind of understand the dynamics. Um, so I just try to be as much of an active listener um, when they're talking to me. And sometimes they'll tell me personal stuff 
without really knowing me. And, you know, at first they'll kind of freak out. Like I haven't told anyone and that's perfectly fine. Cause as long as there's nothing that can be done of harm, I won't make any sort of referral out to someone else. That's more equipped uh, to, to have those conversations. Um, the, the conversations kind of stay pretty confidential. And, and I just kind of reach out to the coach in terms of, Hey, I already chatted with this player. It was a great chat. I gave him some, some work to do. Um, and I'm just going to reach out to them. So more or less just letting the, the coach know that there's some accountability now on the player to be able to do what they need to do. In terms of what I do with the players, though, it's very different than what I would do with, let's say, a traditional sports athlete. Um, the reason being a lot of them had some sort of bad experience growing up, maybe even playing traditional sports or just physical education. You always see those, those kids that are just running laps uh, instead of playing soccer because they didn't bring their clothes and all that stuff. And that can always be a negative experience to, towards health and wellness or fitness even. Uh, so my goal working with gamers or the players themselves is essentially lowering that that barrier of entry so that way they can feel as comfortable as possible. Um, you know, being able to go out to the gym down the road and just even if they walk on a treadmill, great. That's a you know round of applause. You did it. Like that's I just want small obtainable goals that are accomplished so that way we can start to snowball effect uh, and start to go into like bigger things and do more uh, over time. So I'll typically start with always asking the questions of how are sleep because you and I both probably know sleep is never uh, a gamer's best uh, trait. Uh, they're always, you know, they're either scrimming till super late at night or they're streaming or they're just playing with friends till super late. And then they'll wake up at one, two o'clock. They'll wake up right around now. Uh, it's almost two o'clock in Boston. And so they'll wake up around now and, you know, then do the same thing over and over again. Um, so what I'll do is I'll look at sleep. I'll look at nutrition. And from nutrition, I look at it from a behavioral perspective. So what are they doing? I can't write a meal plan for them because it's outside of my um, my scope of practice. There's some legalities that can happen in the event that something were to happen with the player based on what I recommended them. So I just look at what they're doing from a day to day. And from there, it's, okay, let's just tinker this. Let's tinker that. The rules of nutrition are pretty much free range to some degree. It's just, you know, figuring out what's going to work best for them. So whether it's day to day or day of competition and, and try to make, make it a habit on day of competition. Like if they drink uh, some sort of caffeinated beverage, okay, when do we time that caffeinated beverage? Let's start doing that during um, our scrims, you know, so that way we can emulate those, um, those factors and conditioning uh, aspects to then understand whether or not something's working. It's kind of like the scientific method. We create a hypothesis, we test the hypothesis, we figure out whether or not uh, the hypothesis was right or wrong. And now if it's wrong, what do we do to fix it? Or what can we change? Um, and then the other thing is hydration. A lot of people don't realize, uh, especially with gamers, hydrating is super important. It just allows the brain to feel like it's out of this cloud or fog. Um, and that's where a lot of gamers typically feel, especially, you know, when they're scrimming for, I don't know, the team I work with, it could be probably like three, four hours uh, of a scrim block. You know, that's a lot, especially when it's at the end of your day, you've probably already worked or done other things. Um, and as a result, 
your brain just is telling you like, Hey, I need to turn off and you're not, you're just ignoring it. Uh, so the water can sometimes help extend that time just a little bit. Uh, but you'll notice a huge difference in your performance just by doing something as simple as upping your water intake. Interesting. So you kind of mentioned the difference between everyday foods and kind of day of game day stuff. So kind of focus on that a little bit. Are there specific foods or things that players should know that, okay, like this might give you that specific edge you need on a long day grind? Yeah. Uh, so the way I, I'll compare it to traditional sports, because it's always easy for me to use that because I've done, I've worked with athletes in traditional sports for as long as I did. Um, look at like a marathon runner. You know, they're eating, uh, let's say if their race is on a Sunday or like, you know, we just had the Boston Marathon a couple weeks back, the race is on a Monday. So every Monday is when they're going to do their long run. So that way they can emulate day of what to be doing that morning of, whether it's eating something really light, how many water bottles should they be carrying? Should they be carrying some sort of, let's say, um, like, you know, like the goop, the, the sugary, like, you know, like syrup. Like an electrolyte kind of it, drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's all those things. So now take it to um, the world of esports and gaming. And let's say, you know, um, what was it? The Pro-Am, the, the Call of Duty Pro-Am was this past weekend. Okay, let's let's take that as an example and let's emulate what they're doing day to day. So on that Saturday, if they're going to start at, let's say, noon, okay, maybe by 10 o'clock each Saturday, maybe you should have something to eat. See how that feels. Do you feel more tired? If you do, then maybe you ate too much or you ate too much of the wrong thing that gave you that that outcome. So now let's start to pl- let's start to tinker with that a little bit and see if maybe instead of eating so many carbs, maybe there's a little bit more protein you can add. Maybe there's some veggies that you can add or a fruit that you can add. Um, caffeine, I'm I'm indifferent to caffeine. If you want to drink a monster like right now, I am just because I'm dealing with a newborn. Uh, so I've already had coffee for the morning. I'm having a monster so I can be more productive uh, the rest of the day. But if you want to have caffeine of any sort, just be really smart because if you're taking it on an empty stomach, that can give you that jittery, uh, anxious feeling, which that will negatively impact how your performance is. So uh, caffeine has that you know ability to, to alter your performance, good or bad. So it's just understanding how much caffeine that you should be taking to, to feel like you're at your best. Um, and then from there, it's, it's just really, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, vegetables, fruits, uh, essentially the colors of the rainbow um, in terms of fruits and vegetables, what you're getting, you know, um, you can have strawberries, blueberries, watermelon, grapes, as an example, uh, salads are great. Uh, whether you like cooked vegetables or just the raw vegetables, again, that's really up to you as long as you're consuming, you know, those fruits and vegetables. Um, meats, I'm indifferent as well. Um, I know, again, depends on uh, how the person feels. If they're vegan, I'm not going to tell them to eat meat or, or uh, like, a, yeah, a meat-based protein. I'll have them have some sort of other protein, whether it's pea protein of like a protein shake, um, tofu, you know, whatever you want in terms of that protein. Just so that way you can help kind of keep that that satisfied feeling for a long period of time as opposed to just eating carbs, which – all it does is spikes your blood sugar and then gives you that crash or that, you know, quote unquote, two thirty feeling. 
Interesting. And I think you kind of mentioned something I want to tease out a little bit more is, you know, the relationship between you and the team's coach and the player and being able to kind of have this accountability where, you know, you come in and you prescribe these different methods to help their performance, but then making sure they're actually doing it because we know, you know, it's good to assign homework, but no one can ever make you do it. So, you know, having someone that on the other side, holding you a little bit more accountable as a player is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what I'll do is after that chat, uh, that initial chat, I'm kind of, you know, I'll kind of act like a doctor. Like, let's try this. I'm going to recommend this to you. Let's try it for about a week, 10 days, maybe two weeks, depending on what it is that I'm recommending. And then I'll reach out to them and say, how is it feeling after, you know, those first few days? And they'll tell me right away, this changed everything. Like, I feel so much better in terms of how I feel how I'm playing. My performance feels a lot smoother. I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm in a fog or my head's in the clouds. Like I feel like the, the clarity is there. Um, and at that point, that's when I know right away I've gotten, I've gotten them hooked. Now I can start to kind of, again, tinker little positive behaviors um, and, and let that compound over time. So that way they can essentially, again, unlock that 1% of performance that, they, that they're looking to achieve. Interesting. And I think that's like the big thing that you learn, especially, you know, in professional athletes and, you know, the gaming world where the difference between the top people is just so negligible that this difference in sleep or oxygen flow or reaction time, just because, you know, your blood is flowing better or you're not as jittery because the caffeine and, you know, water is wrong. So all these little things are the difference. Yeah, they they definitely are. Um, And again, that's why I look at with traditional sports, it's a lot easier for the strength conditioning coach to go to, you know, the, the strength conditioning coach of the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets to just kind of say, hey, um, you know, the player has to come into the weight room. They need to work out. They understand the players understand that benefit, what working out is going to do to their body from a performance standpoint, absorbing forces, um, limiting injuries, which is obviously that's my goal as well, even with esports athletes is limiting the amount of injuries that we're going to see. Um, because then that again, creates more value to what I can provide to the team, the players, the coaches, um, you know, on the other end of things with esports exercise, I'm not saying that I leave it as the last thing, cause it's going to be from a player to player perspective and what I see is going to be best fit. Um, but I will typically leave that almost like the, towards the end, um, only because I want them to work on all these other be- positive reinforcement behaviors prior to me then saying, okay, go to the gym, let's go do this workout and let me know how you feel. Uh, because at that point, once I got them hooked, it's a lot easier for me to convince them that going to the gym is a better idea as opposed to right now where, you know, again, in esports and gaming, everybody's remote. Uh, so they don't know me very well. So they're not going to, you know, take my advice they're going to take it with a grain of salt. Definitely. And I think it's one of those things, like you said, that once you start seeing these notable benefits where it's like, you know, you're not getting crashed at 2 a.m. And now you're not able to focus next morning because you're doing these differences. You are going to be like, okay, well, this does work. There are these noticeable differences. And what matters for the team and the players, the performance, you know, as we see, you know, with traditional sports and esports. It's all about how you do if you're making finals, if you're winning, you know, if you're getting first rounded or not even making it to the 
you know, the online versus the in-person events, like it's tough to be in esports if you're not doing well. It, it, it definitely is. And I think that's why as a professional, I think this is hopefully where some players are starting to understand being a professional gamer is just, it's, you know, that's the easy, almost like the easiest part. It's being relevant for as long as you can that makes it hard because obviously the meta of a game changes constantly regardless of the game that you're playing. Um, and so you have to understand those rules and how you can use those rules to your advantage and how you play. Or maybe you have to change your gameplay a little bit to reflect the rule changes or the meta. Uh, so that way, again, you can stay relevant. So I think the big thing here is getting to that level is great. But staying is what's really important. Definitely. So do you think that more trainers and health professionals will start working in esports and gaming? Do you think you know every pro esports team is going to have some kind of strength trainer or medical staff like every sports franchise does? I really hope so. And I, and I, and I mean this in, in the sense of I know some orgs um, have something in place. I think Evil Genius, uh, I think they've done the best job. Uh, in terms of what they're doing in in the health and wellness space. Uh, I think Lindsay's done a great job of knowing who the right people are um, to bring alongside uh, to help the players. Um, something like, you know, I know like, like, and I don't mean to, I'm not going to put any names out because uh, that's not the type of person that I am. Uh, but understanding that just because you say you have that within your org as a, you know, checking off a box doesn't mean that that's like, it doesn't give you the right to say that you have that. That would be like saying, because I have a car, you know, I have a Ferrari. Like it doesn't make sense at all. Like I'm just checking a box. Um, so I'm really hoping that a lot of these orgs that do have someone in place are using them for the purpose of why they're brought on board and not just to check off a box. Cause that just, again, that defeats the purpose um, of, of why you're providing these services to, to your players. Interesting. So it's like, you know, it's good to have them on staff, but if you're not actively using them and bringing them in and giving them the access they need to do their job, it's not going to give the full effect that it could. Correct. Well, again, like let's look at traditional sports. If I, if I'm the strength conditioning coach of the jets, uh, but I tell the players, hey, you don't need to come in to the work to, to the weight room for your, your scheduled workouts. What are the chances that they're actually going to improve or they're not going to be injured during the season from injuries that could be prevented by doing the simple small things? Um, so that's that's where I want you know orgs to really, I guess, be a, more aware of is understanding that again, just having someone doesn't mean that you're using them. Like you need to use them. You need to utilize these services. Uh, so that way your players, again, your players are your ROI. They're your investment. Um, if you're spending, let's say a million dollars on a player and six months in he's, you know, he or she are complaining of injuries that could have been prevented. It, either you as the org itself provided a disservice to your player or you provided your, let's say your performance coach uh, with the service to allow them to do their job. 
Interesting. So it's definitely kind of a combination of more orgs kind of embracing it and those teams that are actually using it to the full advantage and understanding that, you know, it's not just a figurehead. It's just something that will show dividends. And if you use it properly, it can really affect the bottom line. And as we mentioned earlier, it's all about performance, winning championships, getting the finals. You know, if you're not a relevant team and you're not there on the final day a lot, it's really tough to sell sponsors and to get the top players there. And it, you know, kind of one hand feeds the other. Uh, that And that's just it right there. I mean, again, we'll look at like Evil Genius and what they were able to do, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks of, you know, they're probably, again, like I said, they're doing something that is not necessarily different because everybody, you know, these other teams definitely have these resources, but having the resources and using the resources are two different things. And I think EG was really good at actually even documenting the resources that are being used. So that way it creates a case study for other teams to see the benefit of, of what is being done. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of, you know, what's leading us forward. And, you know, do you think that, you know, medical and other similar schools, I know you mentioned that you're teaching are going to have programs or courses or certifications or electives kind of in this space, like esports medicine or just kind of health and wellness and strength conditioning for the esports and gaming segment? Yeah. So, I mean, so I teach a strength conditioning lab. And with that, I teach them more of the traditional sense using essentially what they learn in their lecture uh, into a more applied application. I also use it with esports. And I, t- I tell them like, hey, not only have I done this in the past, but this is what I'm doing currently. And I'll do, and I'll talk about both ends of the spectrum so they can understand more or less that while the athletes have different requirements, it's not all that different of what you're asking of them, if that makes sense. Uh, so what I want to do with them uh, is educate them to understand that if they do want to get into the gaming world, there are some skills that they need to learn. And I feel like sometimes understanding the traditional sports uh, sense of of that can be really beneficial uh, in terms of how to even have simple conversation uh, with, with your athletes. I guess, you know, kind of picking up on that, what kind of similarities you notice, you know, between the two sports and the gaming and then some differences that you kind of either thought in advance or kind of learned while you were doing it. Yeah. So one experience I've learned uh, from from this whole thing is that's what changed. This one particular experience changed my way of thinking uh, in terms of you know not necessarily providing a program right away, but working on all the behaviors. I had to almost think of it very uh, reverse, like uh, instead of again giving them the exercise and saying all the these are all the other behaviors I want you to. Uh, positively impact. I really had to think back in terms of, okay, gamers need all these other things first before exercise. Um, You know, from a physiological standpoint, especially when, you know, let's say something like a PUBG or Warzone, some sort of BR or Battle Royale uh, gameplay, your heart rate, especially as you start to get closer towards the end game, it starts to go up through the roof. I know that just from my personal experience. Um, and with that, that creates that bell curve performance and, you know, you don't want to be too cool, calm and collected because you're not going to do anything and you don't want to be so anxious that you make 
a, a terrible mistake that you could have avoided just by thinking things out. Uh, so what, you know, from that end, think of BRs at the end of their game. So let's say like in the top 10 um, as like a fourth down, fourth down and two, and you have to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And if you don't, you lose the game. There's a lot of physiological stressors that are starting to happen as a result of, of that. And as a result, understanding how to overcome those stressors so you can still be able to perform in the manner that you need to to win. Again, the game, the name of the game, especially in esports, is winning. Or at least being up there that you can tell sponsors that they're that you're good enough to be to be getting sponsored. One hundred percent. I think that's you know one of the things you think about. It's like yeah, you know you're playing a game. It's all good, but the final minute, you know the the bottom of the ninth with two men on down by three, like the pressure changes everything. It's no longer just me playing like I have been for the last two hours. It's like games on the line, championships on the line, tournaments on the line. Like you know, it's the big prize pool and all of that stuff. Maybe flashes through. Maybe you try to block it out, but. At the end of the day, you see the finish line in the marathon and it's like, do I, you know, accelerate and maybe, you know, blow myself out or my, like you said, stay in cruise control. And it's just really being able to perform optimally at that time. Correct. Correct. And I think maybe that's where something in the gaming industry, I wish there was a better way to maybe within particular game titles create some sort of conditioning experiences. Uh, so similar to, I know like the, and I know like, like NH, if you play like EA, NHL, like whatever year, they always do those like moments in time in like history that you have to like accomplish in order to get the achievement or what, whatnot. Um, and essentially by doing that, it's creating some sort of conditioning to get you to understand, okay, if you're in a pinch point, well, again, let's use BRs as an example. If you're in a pinch point, how do you a avoid being in a pinch point, but b keep your composure while there's blind fire going on in every direction? Um, you know those things aren't necessarily practiced; they just happen during games, and then that's when you see whether or not a player can either do well or they just absolutely choke. Um, and yeah, interesting. So you know, kind of bringing this all together. So what are some useful techniques, you know, that a performance coach, you know, in esports can help a team or a player and some stuff that, you know, m most players maybe are missing and that can make a huge difference? Um, breathing is a huge aspect of what I believe in and not necessarily just like, you know, what we're doing right now, but more like controlled breathing. You know, taking a nice deep breath, I typically tell people like a six second inhale, hold for two seconds, eight second exhale. So when you exhale, it feels like, you know, Manny Pacquiao has punched you right in the gut. You know, you feel like there's no more, there's no more air left in your body. You've expelled it completely out. What that does is it teaches the body like nothing can get worse than this moment right now. And by doing that, it gets you to relax and calm down in this particular scenario that you're in. So sometimes I might even prescribe that uh, to someone who has a hard time sleeping at night, especially when they're gaming. You know, those blue lights are crazy, especially at night, uh, and all the stimulus uh, that they're getting from those blue lights. And then they'll hang out, chat with friends for a bit, or watch TV. Uh, 
and not truly allow their bodies to relax. So I'll typically always prescribe some sort of breathing technique uh, that allows them to um, essentially just be able to sleep better or be able to calm down uh, and get them out of a fight or flight uh, you know, nervous system. Interesting. I think some, you know, you don't even realize that breathing, like something that we just do without even thinking. But, you know, when you're focusing on, like you said, using these techniques, it starts to make these little differences that as you start doing consistently, starts to make much larger differences. Exactly. Again, it's all about the intent. Like we all breathe because that's what our body does in order to survive. But breathing and having the intent to breathe, again, are two different things. So by, by allowing that to happen, uh, we're essentially getting their bodies to just finally relax. And you'll notice pretty quickly, even if you have your eyes open or closed, the muscles and everything, like all the tenseness that your your body's creating because it's in a fight or flight, it's just, it just like relaxes. Uh, so if like you've ever done like some sort of like guided meditation or yoga um, towards the end, they'll, they'll even do something like that towards the end of, of a session. And you'll feel your body almost just feel almost like, lip uh where you're just your body's just so relaxed that you actually don't even want to to move because it just you feel really good definitely you know definitely can think i'm sure some players out there can definitely use some yoga and guided meditation it'll probably help their performance and some of the rage that we see on screen (laughs) we've been i feel like we've been seeing a lot more rage as of late um, maybe that's just because my Twitter feed is just all gamers and, you know, people in the industry, but I feel like I've seen more people losing their minds in the last two, three weeks than I feel like I have in the last three years of me being on Twitter. Well, we all know we've all been kind of cooped up for a while, so it kind of <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I, I, yeah, I think that's a part of it for sure. For sure. So, yeah. So, you know, kind of bringing this towards the end, what's your favorite part about working in the esports and gaming world? So I've enjoyed doing what I do because I find it to be like a puzzle. Everybody has the pieces to everybody's puzzle is very different or the pieces themselves may not fit from one person to the next. So on my end, it's figure it's more or less problem solving and understanding how can I put the right piece of the puzzle to this person to make them more complete. Um, and, and that's what, I've taken away from what I do uh, and why I enjoy doing what I do is just for understanding that I can create some sort of impact, whether or not it positively influences the gameplay. It's really hard to say. Again, it's kind of like that, that I'm changing. I'm tinkering that 1% that for me, 1%, it's really hard to know whether or not that difference is being made. Um, That's where, you know, again, having someone for for a period of time and it can't be you know two months or it can't be oh because we've you know hit this uh you know place and and time where nothing's working we need you to come in i can't fix a bleed that doesn't stop what i can do is i can try to prevent it in the first place and with my systems essentially try to create those habits that maybe we don't even have some sort of bleed per se uh, that needs to be, you know, uh, stopped in, in some way. Absolutely. So it definitely sounds like you're really kind of learning some interesting stuff doing this. So what do you think the future is for strength training and, you know, mental and 
wellness in esports? I think again, uh, like kind of like what I mentioned previously, I think EG has really shown the case study for why more orgs need to do this. Uh, it seems like you know these players are doing awesome, um, and now I'm really excited to kind of see on like a bigger scale what they do at MSI uh, in the next few weeks. I want to say um, I'm not a huge, I don't watch a lot of a ton of league. Um, but when I know someone in the industry is creating an impact, that's when it gets my attention and I'll sit down and I'll watch it. Uh, because, you know, again, I get to learn from others. So, you know, kind of the, the, sh- the tide raises all ships. Uh, it's kind of that same idea. I get to learn uh, from other people's experiences and understand how I can use that maybe within my practice or how I go about dealing with my athletes. Um, and from there, even create conversation. Like I will chat with, uh, Jordan Sai. I've chatted with Landon Gorbenko and he's Landon has been a great influence to what I've done, uh, in esports and has been a, a conductor, I guess, in, in some, in some ways of helping me get my foot in the door, uh, with some, some orgs, some teams and, and kind of getting to work on honing these skills. So that way, when it comes to working with bigger teams, I've already created again that case study, but as a whole within the industry, um, I think we're going to start to see this happening more and more where orgs are going to have their own uh, practitioners that they're going to be working with. Uh, And that's honestly, that's going to be wonderful. What I want to do working with um, the HCS team for Vanish is showing that they should be at the events no different than in traditional sports where you have your athletic trainers, your strength conditioning coaches um, and other, you know, medical staff uh, on the court or on the field with you in the event that something were to happen. What can we do to tinker and make sure that they're feeling all right to then throw them back into the game? Interesting. Well, it definitely sounds like you're working on some great stuff. So, you know, what's the future for you in the space? Is it, you know, being this on-site coach, working with the team's coach or, you know, just working with more players independently? Yeah. So I would say, especially with my, my experience right now, currently with, with the HCS, uh, with Vanish's HCS team in particular, their coach has been wonderful. Ian Mills is great. If you haven't, if you don't follow him on Twitter, I would say, please do so. Um, and the reason being is he allows me to actually kind of almost use my skills as a strength conditioning coach uh, from a traditional aspect right into esports. So what I mean by that is, you know, the strength conditioning coach goes to all the pra- all the team's practices. So he allows me to sit in on all their scrims. He allows me to you know, provide input to the players when it's necessary and when it's in, within my scope of practice. Most of the time, I just listen to a player's comps and what their, you know, uh, how their communication is. And sometimes it could just be that, you know, they're circumventing the conversation instead of being direct. And sometimes I'll just tell them, like, you need to be more direct because you're wasting time by talking and by providing filler that actually has no purpose to a positive outcome. So be more direct in what you're saying. And with that, again, it just allows me to sharpen more tools that I have in my toolbox to make me a better practitioner as a whole. Awesome. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. I try to end my episodes with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? 
Um, I guess just because I do it, I, I work with them so much. I, I would say Halo or the HCS. Okay, so what's your favorite game to play? My favorite game to play, I would say, is Halo, just because I've played it since I was young on the original Xbox. So it's been the nostalgic factor of like my childhood. Amazing. So who's your favorite video game character? Ooh, um, that's a great question. And I know it's going to sound pretty odd, uh, but I would actually say the Master Chief, just because I think him and I, in some ways, are very similar in we know the mission, but sometimes we might go against the grain as to how the mission goes, you know, is, is, you know, kind of followed through. Interesting. So we got halo for all of them. So that's awesome. So, (laughs) you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell everyone where they can connect with you. Yeah. uh, For those of you who want to follow me on Twitter, esports Hector, um, I typically always give my discord. I know many people don't follow, uh, or send a request, and that's perfectly fine. But you can follow me uh, on esports Hector Pound uh, two five eight seven or hashtag two five eight seven. The E in esports and the H in Hector are capitalized, so that way you can find me. Um, and then you can also, if you just YouTube esports Hector, I have some older content up right now. Uh, I'd like to provide uh, education and essentially create quick application, so that way. Any gamer, whether they're pro or casual, uh, can understand the benefits of certain studies and how to how to improve your gameplay itself. Amazing. So thanks, everybody, again, for tuning in. Make sure to follow Hector and the great stuff he's doing. And make sure to follow me on Twitter, JustinJESQ. Check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes as we head towards our 100th episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.